Have you been feeling stuck, limited, or blocked in your spiritual life? Are you looking for breakthrough today? We are here creating a safe place to uncover real answers to honest questions. Because this is not just another self-help podcast. This is Life for Your Soul. Do ghosts exist? Are they real? Inquiring minds want to know. Well, the Bible says, as appointed once for man. Say again? There, there's a Bible verse that basically, <laughs> I, I have to that. find it. But I wish like, you could have seen V's once for man to die. Like, and that you go to heaven. Like, you die. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Ooh, I like That's that. That's a Bible verse. So. Wait, show notes. The thought okay. is that there's no, okay. I feel like ghosts are fabrication of familiar spirits. If you have demonic spirits that are following a family line, they have the history of the family. They know all the family members. They know what your great-great-grandmother was like, right? Mm -hmm. So the if demons have an invested interest in making people think that ghosts exist because they want them to think that there's no you die and go directly to hell. Oh. So the thought process is... So to debunk a whole belief. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like if you think that a spirit is stuck in between realms, like it's not, you know, a person had died, their spirit left their body, but it's wandering around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that means someone didn't go to heaven or didn't go to hell. Mm-hmm. There's this like in-between ambiguousness about it. And if you look at how the going theory with ghosts and, and the messages ghosts leave and all of this stuff that people talk about, whether they're psychic who contacts ghosts or whatever, mm-hmm. it's always this, I left something undone mm-hmm. or unfinished and I just need to make restitution so I can move on. Yeah. And I think that the whole ghost thing kind of really took off more in the 1800s when people were really got into like a resurgence of contacting spirits mm-hmm. mm. um like yeah, even christian of- science or whatever no not christian science. one of the i'll have to look up the title of the group but um they their quote-unquote church service was doing seances Ooh. and contacting the dead loved ones mm-hmm. now sometimes they say from the great beyond or they would say um from heaven but like no one ever talked to anybody in hell do you know what i mean yeah and i i really do feel like there's this huge demonic fabrication to get people thinking and in a mindset of works because like if you need to earn your way to heaven and if you mess up or screw up you're like caught in this in-between place Mm, that you need to make restitution or you need to get somebody who's still alive to make restitution and that you didn't find peace when you died. So really ghosts are a tool to back a theology or a belief that is unbiblical? Yeah. Also, if you have an area where a violent crime took place. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of time ghosts show up in a location where something horrific happened. Mm-hmm. Well, then the demonic already have access to that location because of the horrific act of sin. Mm. Either the murder or mutilation, you know, something along those lines. Yeah. Very rarely do people say that a house is haunted when nothing bad ever happened there. My neighbor, remember? Mm. So it's like someone committed suicide in the house. Now it's haunted because yeah. that would be a restless soul as somebody who didn't, you know, didn't make it to heaven or didn't or need because a lot of people, I think demonic things really don't want you to believe there's a hell. So they yeah. want you to think that 
there's a in-between place or wherever you eventually work your way to heaven. Yeah. Because you you if you can't get to heaven right away because you weren't the best person or a really good person or you made a mistake, there's either let's get people to believe in reincarnation mm-hmm. so that What's they that come verse? back. VA, you had that verse about don't be deceived by these doctrines, da-da-da. Yo, let me get it. Let me get it. But while you do that, can I share the story about my house? Yes. Mm-hmm. So my sister was visiting recently, and we've been at our house for, I don't know, four or five years. And there's this neighbor that I, we've never met, me or Bryn, we've never met her. And my sister comes, and this lady just stops my sister and is like, hey, do you live in Kathy's old house? Which Kathy was the former owner of our current house. And my sister was like, I don't know who that is. I'm just visiting. And she's like, well, can I just tell you that house is haunted? The previous owner and the previous owner actually died. Um, and she was like, the previous owner was into all this paranormal stuff. And she used to only watch like horror movies in that house. And she was just like going on and on about how haunted the house was. Well, when my sister came home and told me, All I could do was laugh because we have seen miracle after miracle in my house. We have seen like, and I don't know how, you know, we've seen like angelic feathers fall out of nowhere. We've had, you know, gold dust appear on us out of nowhere. We've had just amazing glory prayer nights, worship nights at our house that I'm like, it didn't even phase me when she told me about this neighbor who was like, I don't know, trying to scare my sister. But I later talked to God about it and you know how in like Old Testament, it talks about prior lands, like something will happen on that land and it'll say, oh, and it is called blank to this day. Mm-hmm. And God was like showing me that, yeah, even though that land once was cursed because of what Brynn and I did since we've, you know, had it and we, how we've stewarded it, he was like, now that land is called blessed and it will be called blessed in the future, like mm-hmm. generations Forever. from now. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, snap. So that just like really encouraged me because I know a lot of folks are believing for properties right now. And I really believe that that God wants to give us properties so that we can reclaim lands that, you know, can't have that kind of demonic activity. That's so good. The verse is 1 Corinthians 10, 20 through 21. They're talking about um, sacrificing things to idols and gods. And it says, the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to participate with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. So welcome to Life for Your Soul. Um, (laughs) We did not have an intro because we're talking about ghosts and it's super cool. But we want to say... Hey, Tina. What up? To all of our small circle friends, Tina is joining Rachel and I on Life for Your Soul, and it's really fun to be reunited via podcast. Yay. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Trying to not make a lot of noise. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we are talking about some things today, mainly... Rachel ghosts and ha- demons. Ghosts and demons. Uh, and this is going to be a special episode since we are getting closer to Halloween. We want to talk about some more important dark side of the spiritual side things with everybody. So we're going to talk about demons more in detail in a future episode about how they came about and how they exist and all that kind of stuff. So that will come later. But for right now, just back to ghosts. Break. <laughs> <laughs> um. <clears throat> I think where people assume that when they see in the spirit realm that what they're seeing is exactly what it looks like Mm. and that it can't can't be masqueraded. So there's a Bible verse that says that even um, that Satan can present himself as an angel Angel of light. light. Mm. And 
I'm trying to think of an example of this. It's it's kind of like when you're like we've mentioned that the spirit realm is kind of like the wild wild west. Yeah, and it's not safe. It's not a protected location. Um, it's where the demonic have access. And to Tina's question about ghosts, and when people say, "But I saw a human figure," or "I mm-hmm. saw yeah. a person," and they were, you know, they looked like that, or they were hung, or or they had a gory wound on them, and mm-hmm. they were murdered here. It's really funny because ghosts are never in a happy place. You know what I mean? Nobody's like, oh, this is a great happy location with only (laughs) happy things have happened. And so there's a happy ghost there. Sometimes people are like, yeah, I have relatives that visit and it's not necessarily a negative thing where I have spirits walking through my house. Well, I had my like my mentee told me because she lost her dad like two years ago. And she said she had a really good encounter with her dad like two years after he passed. And she was like, he just wanted to let us know that he's doing okay and he loves us and to be at peace. And I was just like, so I called Pastor Ashley and was like, help me. (laughs) But like, well, this is where the Christian worldview makes a huge difference here. Because if someone is knows Jesus and they die, then they go to be with God in heaven in the eternal realm. Those people very rarely, if ever, are seen on earth or visit earth. And if they were to do it, it would be at God's will and discretion and on a very rare circumstance. Like people in heaven aren't able to just leave and come down here and go back and, you know. And if that believer, if the person who died believed and was in heaven, like they're having the best time of their life up there. There's no, Mm -hmm. there's no reason for them to come back here. Now, a lot of. We've had a couple of encounters of like vision not like actually seeing it with our eyes as if they're in the room, but like visions of stuff like that. But Jesus was with that person. Mm-hmm. So it's not, but again, it's not really a ghost because it's, you're not seeing it. And it's so, not really an interaction. So like what is your response when someone says, you know, who is just unknowingly just walking and, you know, has this experience, someone who doesn't really know God or doesn't have a sound theology around life after death. Like, well, if they were to tell you about an encounter they had with a friendly ghost, what would you say? Well, the going worldly thought process is if there's a heaven, then you just got to be you're a decent person and do best you can. You'll get to heaven. Like, there's a great beyond. A lot of psychics, a lot of new agers, a lot of people say they've seen the great beyond or they've talked to people from the great beyond or whatever term they call it, paradise, one with the universe, whatever. Um, and... But that's, in my opinion, that's a demonic trick Mm. because it's getting people to think outside of Jesus and outside of a need for a savior Mm. because it's like, oh, if you're a good person, you'll go to heaven. And I heard from my great aunt through my, I went to a psychic and the psychic said they talked to my great aunt who died. Your great aunt, let's just say, didn't know Jesus. And then you get a message from this great aunt saying, oh, I'm having such a wonderful time in heaven. Mm. It's so great and wonderful. And you'll be there to go in peace. You know, like, yeah, there's no message of, hey, you need Jesus so you can come be with me. So I think what's this is making me think of there's a book. There's a book that I was reading and I picked it up years ago and then I put it down um, because I thought it was about the courtrooms of heaven. And I was like, oh, I want to learn more about this. And so I was reading it. Now I put it down. But now that I'm listening to Rachel's teaching so often, Mm -hmm. I have gained a lot more information and knowledge on certain things that I hadn't had before. And so I'm reading this book and 
it's a guy who thinks he's talking to Bob Jones, famous mm. prophet. Um, there's more than one Bob Jones, but this particular Bob Jones oh, yeah. is a well-known prophet from Kansas City. Okay, he's died. He is dead. He's been dead for a few years. Um, he was talking to Bob Jones from heaven via mm. typing on his computer and then channeling Bob Jones. Was, was, and Bob Jones would type not type back to him, but he would like type spirit receiving. Writing. So it is, it's spirit writing and channeling. And what else did you call it? There's another name you have I mean, for it. he might be having, for him to have such an in-depth dialogue with this character. Yeah. He would have to be channeling. Channeling, right? So as I'm reading this, I'm like, oh. Just like the Red and Samuel? Well, like people who do automatic writing. That's the word. Or Automatic writing. Oh, because right. it's one thing, like if you have. Well, hold on. Yeah. So I'm reading this and I'm, my red flags are going off. I'm like, no, no, no. Rachel's talked about this. Like, this is not good. Like, but then I keep reading it. Mm-hmm. And then the, the quote unquote people who are in heaven start saying things that sound heavenly. They are saying things that sound like God would say like, mm-hmm. oh no, we talk about you. And this is, you know, they're saying the right words. So even me as a seasoned believer, who's listening to teaching that's warning about this exact thing even i was falling into like mm. well no this could this could like we don't know mm-hmm. because even in the demons are saying in the book um you know a lot of christians are just not ready for this kind of teaching and you know wow. you're just advanced and i was like well maybe and so then i'm telling i send rachel a snippet from the book and she immediately was like do not read this this is like and so red flag it's and the one it, author I had told her not to read. I, I just like, don't hey. remember what his name was. I still didn't remember what his name was because I was like, I only remember the title of the book, not the dude who wrote it. Um, but that was interesting because they, right, even the de- the demons know who God is. The demons know mm-hmm. about scripture. Like they know Jesus. So I think that's the hard part is because you can send a good message and you can say the, the right things to just open that door of like, oh, there's more mm-hmm. than just Jesus to talk to. Um, Let me just clarify this real quick. So- what we're saying is, back to what we talked about in like episode three and a couple other times, is that there is the natural realm, the natural world. There's the spirit realm, which is that the spirit side of where we're at that's located to here. And we have the eternal realm or heaven where God is. The demonic do not have permission or access to the eternal realm. Humans do not have access to the eternal realm except for through Jesus. Invitation only. The heavenly eternal realm. Yes, the eternal realm where God is. Mm -hmm. The spirit realm is like this messed up location that happened because of the fall of mankind Mm. that's tied to this physical location. And the demonic, so hell, we don't know exactly where hell is, but hell is not something people i don't maybe if people would partner with the demonic they can maybe visit hell i'm not sure what witches and those people do um but once you're in hell you don't get out of hell that's that's the thing so Mm. once you're there like permanently yeah you die your spirit can't stay in your body your spirit biblically speaking has two options it can go to heaven it can go to hell and the only access point to get to heaven is through Jesus. That's why Christians are saying that Jesus is the only way. Um, But when we have demons, which are disembodied spirits that are evil, they hate God. They hate God's creation because we're made in the image of God. They want to trick us, deceive us, trip us up, infiltrate, take control, do whatever they can. And they've been around for however long the human, you know, however long the world's been around. Yeah. They've 
been around and they're smart. They're intelligent. Like they, they have, I'm sure they don't sleep. They don't rest. And I'm sure they have good memory to the point where they follow family lines and yeah. then they remember your ancestors and they collect information and then they can impersonate. And I feel like demons are like, I don't care what you believe or how I get you to believe it as long as you don't trust in Jesus for your salvation. Mm. Mm, it's like, good. if you want to believe in ghosts, go ahead. If you want to believe in the great beyond, go ahead. If you want to, you know, if you want to be talking to your dead relatives, sure. Like, they'll do anything you and know, everything. That makes a lot of sense because Jesus says the path is narrow. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I guess for a demon to win, it's like, okay, just knock them off this very already narrow path and... He will present so many different options to choose from. It's like a buffet. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh. Buffet of different. Demon buffet. Yeah. Wow. And the thought process is, if there's supernatural beings in a spirit realm, the spirit realm is not solid and like we are here in the physical realm. They can portray themselves however they feel like portraying themselves. And if a person's deceived or doesn't have Holy Spirit in them to correct that lens, like give them the glasses to see through, like the spirit mm-hmm. glasses to see through, those demons can appear any way they want and trick people any way they want. Birds, Birds. cats, not your you- cats, Rachel, but like <laughs> other cats. Should we tell the crow story in the parking lot? Is that appropriate? That- if you do, you have any, do you have any good demon stories? <laughs> I could try to tell it real quick. Um, I was outside my church, my church, my work parking lot, prime time during lunchtime when everyone is in and out. And there was this crow that was looking at me across the parking lot. I didn't think anything of it. Uh, and then all of a sudden it started like cocking at me. What's the word? When the cawing. Cawing at me. English is really hard. But yeah, so it started cawing at me. And at, again, I didn't think anything of it. But then all of a sudden my spirit man started like rising up like something's up with that bird and i was just you know talking to god a little and all of a sudden he god kept on redirecting my attention to the bird and god was like that that bird is on assignment and so i'm like oh okay well let me just pray over all my coworkers. so i start praying all over all my coworkers, da 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 and god is like go closer to it and so i was like okay and so i walked across the parking lot got near the bird right when i was approaching it he flew to exactly where i was where i just left from mm. And God just like was stirring up my spirit. So I just kept following the bird like back and forth about five <laughs> times. My All my coworkers are in and out of the building watching me chase this bird. And like, I'm commanding it to leave. I'm like, I don't know what assignment you have. but And then God, I heard God say suicide or death, one of those, I forgot. And so I start like renouncing it and rebuking it. And it was like still just playing with me, literally just going back and forth. And then it wasn't until I started praying in tongues that it started, le- it left my parking lot and like it got far, but I could still see it. But I started praying like l- louder mm-hmm. in tongues and it fully left and it didn't come back. And I felt a release in my spirit. And I'm like, what the heck was that? Well, when I came back to my desk, uh, my friend called me and I was telling her what happened. And she was basically telling me like she was struggling with thoughts of death. Wow. Like right when that was happening. Wow. And so we actually did some deliverance right then and there. Like on the phone, I like stepped out again. The bird was not there again when I stepped out, but I stepped out again and I started walking and talking her through self-deliverance. And sure enough, like I saw like a demon flying outside her van door. Wow. And she was like, 
telling it to leave because she thought it was in her car. And it might have been. But when she was done praying, I still saw it like flying outside her car. Mm -hmm. And I'm just now connecting the two that birds fly. Like just now Uh. I'm making that connection. (laughs) But so it was like, like I saw something like, you know, hovering around her, her van door. And so she pulled over, started praying more. I'm like talking with her through it all. And then she like eventually starts throwing up. And I'm like, well, praise God. I'm going to go back inside and work. Yeah. (laughs) And that was it. Um, Well, there's a big biblical precedent for demons being in an animal. The pigs. Yeah, the pigs. When Jesus cast all the demons out of the demoniac and the demons were like, please don't send us to the pit. We don't want to go to hell yet. Like, send us to the pigs. We'll go into the pigs. And he's like, fine, go into the pigs. Which, why did he do that, do you think? Well, I think it's because the... The, they weren't supposed to be raising pigs. That's Matthew eight thirty one, by the way. God had God had said that they for the Jewish people and for like that pigs were an unclean animal oh. and that they weren't really supposed to be raising them. Plus, there there's there's some greater minds than ours that have discussed this theological question in okay. great detail, and I've read some of it and I don't remember it now. <laughs> okay. I know somebody said that they think it was a marine spirit, and that's why it wanted to, it took the kit. Pigs into the water so they could get to the water. Ah, uh. that they wanted to get to the water. So that's why they drowned because it was a bad, weird behavior for pigs. But when I was thinking about demons want to trick people, that's like, well, why do Christians? Why can Christians trust what they see? You know, Tina said she saw a demon. Blah, 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 blah. Like, how could she trust that? Mm. Well, I would go back to saying that it's the Holy Spirit of God in us, it's Jesus in us that gives us the proper lens um, to see cl- more clearly and. Um, I mean, usually we see angels, we see demons, that kind of thing. And people are like, well, you know, I see angels and I see demons. A lot of psychics will see demons, but they'll also see ghosts. And I just go back to questioning the narrative. Is there a difference? Well, I don't think there is. I think it's all just to continue this narrative to get people away from the Bible and away from the gospel. Uh, and away like from another the truth. trap of it's just like, like if a psychic sees a humanoid body like a dead person and then also sees a demon then that psychic's gonna go well there's ghosts and there's demons because i see ghosts and i see demons and they're two different things or you have the psychic say and i also talk to angels because you know i have an angel guide like i talked to mark angel michael well my i'm just presenting the theory that all three of these are all demons but they're all manifesting in different ways to keep people confused and to push a narrative Mm. yeah because like back to what you said earlier about just having anything to, you know, distract us from Jesus, which is the way, the truth, and the life. Like, because once he has your belief system, then he has your actions, your lifestyle, your, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because if I believe my tea is hot, I'm going to act on my tea being hot and I'm going to blow on it and I'm going to wait for it to cool down. So if he has yeah. us believe certain things, then we're going to act on it. Our whole lifestyle is going to be based on it. Like and we're going to teach it to others. That's so good because that just makes me think back to last week's Paris, last week's episode, last week's <laughs> oh, episode nice. with Paris and why there's such a battle after her salvation to have her fall back into bad ways. Because once you're fully committed, then yeah, right? Like your thought patterns change. She owns your behaviors and in a good way, right? Kids, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's now, so good. Well, let's look at this paradigm too. In New Age, in witchcraft, in psychics, in people who are interested in the afterlife or aliens or whatever, there is this 
smorgasbord of entities, fairies, dwarves. I mean, it oh, could yeah, be anything. Into it. Like Trolls. you could literally like Sylvia Brown, this famous psychic Sylvia Brown who has several books. I mean, I think she wrote about the seven seven layers of the spirit realm, and like there's like one of the layers is fairies. I mean, like we're talking about, and she, you know, she says I've seen all these things. I've talked to the dead. I've done all this stuff. There's like this so many options, right? And it's kind of like. Pick your own experience. Mm. <laughs> what's different about the gospel and what's so limiting about the Bible is the Bible clearly says there is one spirit option, and that is Holy Spirit. That's you good. are not to talk to dead. You are not. There's a. We need to pull up that scripture too about um, do not practice divination. Do not practice necromancy. Mm. It was forbidden for the children of Israel to speak, to try to talk to the dead or bring back the dead, um, to do divination, to do spells. So. The Bible says there's one option. There's one safe option. That is Jesus and the Spirit of Christ, which is Holy Spirit. That is it. Oh, Deuteronomy 18, 11. Wait, it could be 10 and 11. But even even um, even when angels were involved in the Bible, if you look at all the angel accounts, it's a very quick interaction. An angel comes, gives a message, or and, and is like, hey, I'm here because God sent me. Boom, boom, boom. I'm out of here because I got better things to do. Mm-hmm. There's no long, drawn-out angelic conversations. The angels aren't coming and teaching mankind special information and doing all these things. Like, they're not people's spirit guides. They're not giving them enlightenment. They're not, like I said, having long conversations. They're in and out. Boom, boom. I'm here to do the world the will of the Lord. In fact, Joshua and the Old Testament had to run in with angel and he's like, are you for us or are you against us? And he's like, I'm on neither side. I am on the Lord's side and mm-hmm. I'm here to do God's job and I'm out. Mm-hmm. Can, I get, can I drop some verses? Go ahead. So uh, Leviticus 19.26 says, um, do not eat the meat that has been drained of blood for it. Do not practice fortune telling or witchcraft. Um, Deuteronomy 18 um, this is like nine through 13. It says, when you enter the land that God gives you, do not imitate the detestable ways of the nation there. Let no one be found among you. Sacrifice your sons or daughters to fire, practice divination or sorcery, interpret omens, engage in witchcraft, cast spells. Anyone who is a medium or a spiritist or consults the dead, anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord because of these same detestable practices, the Lord, your God will drive those nations out before you. You must be blameless before the Lord. That's that's intense. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is he had to say these things because people were actually doing them. Mm-hmm. Like I think far too often Christians especially ignore the fact that there is demonic activity. There is witchcraft. There are current modern day witches and warlocks. Yeah. But like if you mention it, you look crazy. Like, And now here's the argument. We could also make the argument, even if there was something where if you're not in heaven – but you're in hell or there's some weird way where demons can manipulate human souls in hell and bring them up meant to show them around like mm. like as a parlor trick. Even if that's the case, even if ghosts are somehow a demon parlor trick using people's souls because it's from hell and not when you're not with God. It doesn't matter because the Bible clearly says do not contact the dead. Mm-hmm. Do not practice necromancy. Don't do that. Like mm-hmm. don't consult with spiritists or mediums who do such a thing. Mm-hmm. So – even if on some level it's that the Bible says don't do it, it's not safe. I mean, I was just thinking, I before I was saved, I loved Harry Potter. And when I got saved and they told me I'm not allowed to watch Harry Potter anymore, <laughs> I was very upset. <laughs> I was struggling with this. And someone told me, like, yeah, well, the Bible says do not call that which is evil good. And he's a witch and he's the hero of the story and he's the good guy. Mm-hmm. So that's 
boom, right there, whatever. But legit, that verse we just read is like way better. <laughs> like, <laughs> why not pull out that? Don't cast spells. Dope. That's pretty straightforward. Which is crazy because I heard that book actually has legit spells. witch spells. Like they're not just made up fictional spells. Yeah, she did the research. Yeah, like she included actual spells. Which leads me to another thing. I saw this post like that someone made on Instagram recently. And he like they circled this one part of a book and the boy was pointing his finger at it that said, if you give cheese to girls, they might date you or something like that. And like the caption was like, where is the lie? You know, and like, you know, rattling up all the girls who love cheese. But when you look at the top of the chapter, it was literally called like enchant enchantments, curses and spells or something like that. But everyone was so enamored by this like cheese thing that everyone was like, yep, it'll work for me. It'll work for me. And I'm like, do you guys not see <laughs> that this dude is looking up spells on how to make women fall in love with them? Wow. But it legit happens. That's wild. That's wild. So let's sum up what we're saying yeah. a little bit. Okay, reiterate. There is one spirit realm. It's the Wild West. No one's really in ownership of it. It's kind of, it's and it's mostly in the, the demonic. Yeah, I was like, isn't it safe to say the demons own it or well, no? Well, they, they don't own it, but they have free reign in it. Okay. until Unless Christians But when you say the spirit it. realm, there's also angelic activity. Exactly. So I was going to get to that. Good oh, point. Oh, sorry, my bad. So angels, angels come from the eternal realm. And they come down to where we are, however that works. They're with us. They're stationed with us. We have angels who are stationed with us. They they fight on our behalf. They go to and fro. But yeah. the Bible never says to consult with angels. And even Paul in the New Testament says, he's like, even if an angel were to come and give you a different message, like in person, come and give you a different message than, than Jesus that we've told you, don't trust it. And look at the New Age movement. How many people are have angels as their spirit guide? There's angel cards. There's mm. this obsession with angels. So in my mind, it's just a new trick of the demonic. Be like, okay, you don't want to play with ghosts? Mm -hmm. Well, I can pretend to be an angel. And twisting and twisting the the role of a guardian angel to be more of a consultant and talking mm. to them and that kind of stuff. And and demons. Yeah. Here's the trick, guys. Demons love to gab. They love yep. hearing themselves talk. If they can get in possession of a person enough to rattle on, they will. Mm -hmm. If they get a person who wants to automatic write, they will write a whole book for that person. Yeah. In fact, most of the books in the new age section of your bookstore, maybe even some of the witchcraft books, straight up witchcraft books, are going to be channeled. They're going to be automatic writing. If you open them up, a lot of these people admit that their so-and-so spirit guide helped them write the book. So can you break down for people what automatic writing is? So automatic writing is when someone lets a spirit, they like, um, they give their body over to the functioning of a spirit. So like if I were to write, I let a spirit take over my hand and that spirit writes for me. Mm. And what's interesting about automatic writing and some of the studies that were done on it is a lot of time that handwriting looks completely different from the person's handwriting oh. yeah meaning another entity took over yeah and it can be done through typing obviously as well and through typing um like for example if you were to have a conversation let's say you go into a visionary experience uh, like you're whoever and you're talking to your guardian angel or whatever a lot of time they're doing automatic writing or typing at the same time because you can't have a long drawn out conversation with an angel or a ghost and you remember everything they say. I mean, it's really hard, right? So for the most part, 
when people are saying they're getting messages from a guardian angel or whatever, if it's, and like I said, demons like to talk. They like to write whole books. If this person's getting long, long messages, it's because they are channeling this entity and they're letting the entity have control of their hand or their body. And so it's, you know, a lot of these people are proud of it. They're they're totally okay with it. They're yeah. like, sure, why not? Like, I'm contacting the spirit realm and the spirits are speaking through me. And there's so much flattery that goes on. Um, like yeah. these entities will come and be, oh, you're special. You're loved. I picked you because you're unique. And I, I have a special message to give the world and you're the one I want to give it through. And it hooks people in because they're like, I'm loved. I'm special. I'm the right. chosen. Because this is a deep need we have for community and connection that the demons are happy to fill in their own way. In any way they can. So is it possible for these people who channel the dead, is it possible for them to even channel someone who is residing in heaven? Biblical answer would be no. But they could impersonate probably, I'd imagine. Because this goes back to the point is like, is a person who's in the presence of God in the eternal realm, does that person just have access? Because who, who was it in Samuel who got brought up from the dead. So this is a longer discussion. Okay, so the median Saul wanted to contact Samuel, the prophet Samuel. Now, the Bible says that the median brought him up from the ground and the thing talked to him. Now, it was the guy gave him bad news. Like Saul asked Samuel, "Am I going to succeed or whatever?" and the Samuel character said, "No, you're going to die." It wasn't a long conversation. It was also pre-Jesus, which is important. It was pre-Jesus. It, it wasn't a long conversation. So we don't 100% know, even from the scriptures themselves, that that was actually Samuel. Mm. That could have been a conjured demon that looked like Samuel and sounded like Samuel. The other theory is that, and this is a whole other discussion for a whole other day. No, but I, to make <laughs> it clear, good. is that before Jesus died, no one was able actually to get to heaven. So the theory was there was a, there was a place in the spirit realm called Abraham's bosom. And in, in that there was hell and there was Abraham's bosom. There was a place for the dead to go who would put their trust in God. And it was a holding location. Wait, where where is that in the Bible? Um. I'll have to find the reference for the Abraham's bosom. Okay. But when Jesus gave the the story about um, Lazarus, the guy who had died, mm-hmm. not Lazarus who was raised from the dead, but the, the parable of the Lazarus who had died. And he said there was a gulf between hell and where Abraham's bosom, basically, where Lazarus, who was faithful to God, died and went to the paradise side and his evil, the evil landowner that never helped him was on, on the hell side. And- this is Jesus te- t- teaching us that they could talk to each other across. There's this big, great chasm. Mm. And the guy in hell burning in flames was saying, please, Lazarus, All give right. me some water. Give me some water. And Lazarus is like, I can't come over there, dude. Like, I can't. Yeah. I can't come over there. There's this big gulf between us. And he's like, well, can you go back? Can you go back? Basically, asked him like to be a ghost. Like, can you go back and talk to this, to my family members and warn them and tell them not to come here? Like, do what they can. And he's like, no, even if... If they didn't believe Moses, if they didn't believe what the prophets had told them, they wouldn't believe me even if I went back as a Dang. ghost. So there's this, this that story That also makes of Jesus. more sense as to why there's angels with flaming swords guarding the gates of heaven. Because people have talked about that. Like, why would there need to have be there? But if things are more lateral than we think they are, then that could make but, sense. But, so to clear this up, is that you have hell and the holding place wherever this location is. When Jesus died, he descended. A lot of people think he went 
either into hell to suffer punishment for us or also went to Abraham's bosom and possibly even preached himself to the people who had the people who had trusted in the coming Messiah were all have been in this holding place because they had put their faith in God and said, I'm going to believe in the God Jehovah and, you know, Christ is, you know, the coming Messiah. Well, Jesus could show up right then in that moment and say, hey, I'm the coming Messiah that you put your trust in. Mm. And Jesus, when he ascended, it, it's like almost like he's like, come on, guys, we're all going to heaven. Yeah, because everybody like were disembodied like on the earth. They said that they all the prophets and the people of old came and were so walking there's a quick us. verse, like just a little snippet that happens in like at the end of the Gospels and in the beginning of Acts, this time frame where when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, it said that hundreds of people were resurrected or and that there were even saints they saw walking around temporarily. And they describe them kind of like ghostly figures, like that's how mm-hmm. it's described in the Bible. But it's because Jesus, like you said, Jesus was the only way to get to heaven. And so once he was opened the gates, basically, then they all got to go up. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, that's like when everyone got to go be in heaven with God. That's that's the working theory. I, there seems to be scriptural support for that. I'm not don't I'm not going to hang my hat on it. Like say that that's perfect theology, but it does make sense because then it's like okay, well, especially it makes sense why Jesus gave that parable because he gave that or that story about the La- um, the guy Lazarus who had died su- and suffered. He had a horrible, you know, I think he said he had boils or something and, and he suffered, but he was faithful. And um, the guy who was rich and snotty was the guy who ended up in hell who <laughs> mm-hmm. wouldn't help Lazarus when he was living. So that's pre his death and resurrection, that story of have, like this place, this paradise location of holding place. It's still, but it still was in heaven, guys. Like it wasn't, it was not a permanent solution. Like it was a temporary solution for God to, to, to hold people's souls after death until he could make a way for them to come be with him again. Mm. So. That Abraham's bosom, whatever, probably was disbanded or dissolved or has no, there's no need for it. Maybe it's even empty right now because now everyone's in heaven. Yeah. But hell is still, and hell's location isn't even permanent because hell is going to be, in the end, when it said that hell's going to be pulled up and then all the dead are going to give an account Mm -hmm. and both hell and all of that is going to be thrown into the lake of fire. So even hell's per- location now is not permanent. Hell itself is going to be taken and put in an eternal per- permanent location once wow. everything is said and done. So like there's a lot of cool stuff for all of this. But I feel like if you keep the idea that the Bible is very specific and a little bit more direct and it's not all over the place, you know, like all this new age, you could go read the books in the new age section or witchcraft section, and you could read 30, 40, 50 different versions of the afterlife or, yeah, you know, all these things that could happen that, um, and get different versions, and get different of, it. versions of it. And the demons really don't care. Now, I think people who have had near death experiences, that's a whole nother thing, but, but, but to what you were saying, so, okay, we have it that, which is warlocks are real. There is a whole new age section that takes up a big part of Barnes and Noble and all of this stuff is real. And with Halloween approaching, like a lot of that is getting conjured up and amped up this month. What should the Christian's response be? Like a real Jesus loving, not like Christian by name, but like living it out. That's Jesus good. is like their legit number one love. Like what should our response be to all that's happening, especially this month? Yeah, let me know. 
I'd like to know about me to answer that question. It is towards you, yes. It's directed towards okay. Rachel. <laughs> VA is like, not me, not me. No, 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 no. We're both students here. <laughs> um, one, I think you need to protect yourself. And like we were talking about agreement, like politely and lovingly come out of agreement with the world system and, and out of witchcraft and out of new age and set that stuff down. But how and, does it look like away? How does it look like when because I have unknowingly agreed with things. So how does subtle agreements even look? Mm. So <laughs> like when you're trying to explain to other people who are having experiences, Jesus says you judge a fruit uh, tree by its fruit there. You really have to talk to your friends who are sucked into all this stuff. They're caught up in the the cool factor, the the way it stimulates their mind and their thinking it's very in the soul right it's very attractive to the mm-hmm. soul and to the body all these new agey things witchcraft could being able to control crystals. your circumstances be able to manifest mm, yeah, your crystals. destiny yeah. destiny you get to touch and feel crystals it's very like very in their soul and their body but when if you can get them out of the obsession or the enthrallment with it and really ask them well what's what has it really done for you like has it does it really improve your life like you get them thinking about what it actually is doing are you less anxious do you or do you you know like does this did this really fix your problem because what happens is people will find something and ca- do it it'll help for a little bit and then it stops working so they're on a constant never-ending hunt in the new age or in witchcraft to go to mm. the very next thing because they're like okay, this is not working anymore. I need the next thing. Oh, I need deeper knowledge. I need more secret That's knowledge. Good. I need to go deep, dig deep in the, you know, the dark side of the web to get what I need to know. And that's such <laughs> an easy target for demons to be like, well, here's more, here's more, here's more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the never ending search. Or what will happen is demonically, they'll get the response and they'll think it's like a heavenly response. Yeah. Meanwhile, opening themselves up. Now, all of a sudden, like, they were trying to manifest this dream job. Boom, they got it. But now all of a sudden they're dealing with like depression or they have this chronic illness. And it's like, and I'm not saying all chronic illnesses is from some curse or whatever, but we do have to be mindful that when we open ourselves up to things, we are giving the enemy a playground. He can pick and choose what he wants to inflict on you. And he can yeah. pick and choose how he wants to torment you because he gave you the piece of candy that you wanted. He gave you that shiny new toy. And now he used that to gain access to control and torment some other part of your life. So good. Yes. So I've seen that at work for sneaky a Sneaky demons or sneaky little little bits of agreement. They get their foot in the door. Sneaky, sneaky. They come in the, ba- the back door. And, you know, a lot of people, once again, this all goes back to what do you believe and having a worldview. Like the, our worldview is there are demons. They're out to get you. They want to find any and every way they can get to you. And they literally don't care. I have heard numerous accounts. Mind you, I don't have names. And maybe I can try to find some of these testimonies and post them. There's been several accounts that I've encountered um, where someone was in the new age, had spirit guides and trusted spirit guides they've had for years that they got their information from, all that. Then a friend starts telling them about Jesus. Mm. And they're like, oh, well, I mean, Jesus was a great teacher. Um, and I asked my spirit guides about everything. So I'll just go ask my spirit guides about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And for all of these accounts, these are all people who end up getting saved because of this scenario that played out. Oh, cool. I can't they wait. go to their spirit guides and mm-hmm. start asking about Jesus. And 
it's probably been about four or five people that I heard their testimony like this along these lines that the spirit guides start freaking out. So whereas their spirit guide was so loving and warm and great and gracious and flattering, they're like, why do we want to, you know, they start getting nasty. Mm. They start going like, stop talking bad about Jesus and be like, you don't want anything to do with them. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Or they straight up expose themselves as demonic. Whereas they shift, like the one person could see their spirit guide and the spirit guide shifted. Like it no longer looked like this nice angel. It looked like a demon. Wow. And it's just just the exposure, just the name Jesus. There is no other name by which men can be saved. At the end of time, every tongue shall confess and every Every knee knee shall bow bow. and every tongue Mm. shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Trust me, anyone who's in deliverance ministry knows that demons hate the name Jesus or Yeshua. They hate it because of what it represents and the authority of Christ. And they can't stand the mention of the blood of Jesus and they can't stand the name of Jesus. And they freak out. And that's why you'll have people who are act completely normal, and then you start talking about Jesus or bringing up Jesus Christianity, and they start acting weird because their demons start acting up. It's called manifesting. And so there's been several accounts where people got saved because then when they heard about Jesus and started reading the Bible or trying to encounter Jesus, all their spirit guides turned demonic on them. And then they realized, (laughs) oh, I need help. I need somebody to rescue me. So they'd go get prayed for and give their life to Jesus. And then, you know, they get set free from their demons that they picked up. I love it. That they thought were spirit guides. Now, trust me, think about this. Even with past lives, it's a trick. It's a hypnosis trick. It's a demonic trick. Think about Mm. how many people could possibly have been Cleopatra. Like everyone who's had a past (laughs) life is some famous (laughs) self-important person. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I was I was Alexander the Great in a past life. I was so and so. It's not not like a oh, I was just the guy who cleaned toilets. Like whatever, you know. (laughs) There's this. There's everyone needs to feel accepted everyone needs to feel important and all of this stuff feeds on that and the demonic flatter these Mm -hmm. they and and also to the point like how many people how does michael the archangel michael really have time to be everyone's spirit guide yeah i mean no really (laughs) they all have the same i'm gonna agree (laughs) they all talk to mega they all talk to (laughs) talk to metatron they all talk to michael they they, you know i mean they all have these similar spirit guides there's even people who have the true jesus as their spirit guide and oh by the way i I mean there's this girl she's a psychic she's like yeah the g i talk to jesus all the time and he tells me that the bible is completely wrong and it's not anything like how he really is That the Bible got it so wrong. So the takeaway is if you're a Christian, just call the name of Jesus all mm-hmm. the time. And then that will <laughs> expose, expose the that will expose the deceive, uh, dece- deceiver. Sure. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's when you're like legit face to face or on talking to someone who's like dealing with the demonic or, you know, conjuring up the demonic. But like, I don't know. In everyday like, life, like how do we just. What would you say? Yeah. Answer your own question, Dina. What? Come you're on. really good at this. Go ahead. You're a guest. Be our guy. Be our guy. I mean, my answer, but I want y'all's input too. Okay. Is one to believe the Bible. Like, because I was thinking earlier, the Bible is so controversial that people who are just yelling, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, if you were to, if they were to hear some of the stuff that you guys talk about on this podcast, they'd be like, that's crazy. But it's like, but is it crazier than what's in the Bible? You know Mm. what I mean? So it's like, I would think the first step is, looking at what the Bible says about this and starting there. Yeah. And then from there, just 
I mean, I think awareness is key, right? Like at least being aware of it, because otherwise you could easily come under or submit to something that you'll think is always God. Like I'm always concerned with people who, when they ask God a question, the answer is always what they want the answer to be. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm or, like, I don't know. Sometimes it's like you get an answer every time because I'm like, really? Does he answer you every time you yeah. ask a question? Demons answer them pretending to be God. <laughs> Girl, because I've been deceived by demons. There have been many a time where I thought I was hearing from God. And, and how many times not. have you been asking God for stuff and he doesn't answer? <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, I think that speaks more of his character of like, because yeah. he knows what's best for us. And, and I think there is something about the wording in scripture where it talks about the wolves in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Like, it has to be good clothing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For them to make you believe that that wolf is actually a sheep. Mm-hmm. So we have to have like, sharp discernment to see the seams on that clothing to see you know to be able to tell what's the angel of light versus an actual angel you know what i mean that's good to that okay let me add to this so if we were to to say how do i identify a demon when it's masquerading as something else Mm. okay there's um the apostle paul was teaching in an area and for several days this girl who was filled with spirits, who told, mm. foretold the future and was a mm-hmm. psychic or whatever, whatever they called the fortune teller at the time, whatever that's called. Um, I love this story. The, the Her owners were making money off of her, right? Mm-hmm. She was demonized and she was, you know, they made money off of her. She's following him around and her demons are yappy yapping. Following Paul around going, oh, this is the mighty man of God. Oh, he speaks the truth. Like, and they were right. They weren't technically lying. They were being extra. Yeah. And they were distracting <laughs> and they were just yappy, yappy, yapping. Yeah. And it got to the point where Paul was like, I am done with this. And he turns around, tells them to shut up and cast them out of the girl. Yeah. And then it caused a, a whole problem. I think he got run out of the city because her owners were so mad that mm-hmm. she could no longer do her psychic stuff mm-hmm. because the demons were cast out and they couldn't make money off of her anymore. This mm. is in the Bible. Come on. Right? So even from that example, we can see that demons are they're prideful. They're and prideful and arrogant. Mm-hmm. They will usually overplay their hand. Satan is so prideful and so arrogant that they will overplay their hand. That's why they never always win because they just they can't help themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they talk they, they love talk to talk a lot there are new agers who channel the aliens from other you know okay so the thing is there's aliens from another dimension or so far away that they can't get to us through normal means so they have to contact us spiritually how convenient and they can <laughs> and so these people are channeling and the that yoga channel or whatever it was that I watched this. They had these people. Oh, that Gaim TV show yeah. or whatever? No, that, yeah, whatever channel. it is. They were channeling this alien entity and this alien entity yacked for like an hour. Oh, let me tell you all the things I want to tell you. And they're very creative in the sense that they'll, you know, like, like they'll tell us, they'll tell a tale. So when you get to the thing of spirit guides and that, like if you have an entity who's really yacky and wants to talk at you, and wants to influence your thinking and wants to do things for you. Like a lot of these people, they're like, um, there's a well-known um, prophet um, with the church organization that I was with. And he had a situation where um, an angel came to him and he's used to seeing angels. So this entity comes to him and he's and the entity's like, 
oh, hi, um, guess what? The Lord is saying he wants you to write another book. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, I could see that. I could see me writing a book, right? And the angel's like, yeah, you know, you should really, it's going to be great and blah, 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 and kept talking about it. And he's like, and I'm going to help you write it and the whole thing. And then he got to the point where he was like, mm, this thing is preying on my pride. Like this thing mm. is really like flattering me mm. and is like, Mm. So he's like, he's decided to test the spirit because there's that verse in the New Testament where Paul said, test the spirit. Yes. I don't know if it's Paul. Yes. It's one of the letters where they say, test every spirit. Yes. Because if if it's from God, it'll be able to say that Jesus came in the flesh and died on the cross and rose again. If they can give you that gospel message with a straight face, <laughs> then they're from God. You test them. Yeah. So he decided to test this thing and it freaked out and left. Wow. <laughs> But these, That's these so are stories wild. that happen because, but because there's so little audience or purpose to tell these stories, they don't get told. Like stuff like this happens all the time. It's just that, like I, us doing deliverance ministry, mm. the things you see, like you just like who do you tell? That's you know point. what I mean? Like, and then when you tell it, like, how are they going to believe you? Like, like it's like shoot. Before I knew all about it, I thought y'all were crazy. Deliverance ministers, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Until I had my. My own experience. And now I don't believe you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't think I ever thought that deliverance was crazy, but it was definitely eye-opening of like, wow, this explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. right? but like, what's, what's that? Whoever said it that was like, the, the enemy's greatest trick is convincing people he doesn't exist. Yeah. And if he can't, so it was C.S. Lewis. Oh. So C.S. Lewis has a quote where he's, so and I'm going to re re. This is Rachel's version. It's not the perfect quote. But basically, he, there's two options. Either Satan wants you to think he doesn't exist at all, or he wants you to become obsessed with him. Mm. One of those two options. And he's sneaky about how you become obsessed with him, because you could be obsessed with him without realizing you're obsessed with him because you're really into Reiki healing and mm. putting crystals in your bra and all this kind of stuff <laughs> because you're having anxiety that day. So your little purple quartz is going to help you. Um, I know nothing about this. I'm just making up crap. Um, but yeah, like... That's believing in him, even if you don't think it's what it is. <laughs> because the truth of the matter is, it is like just circling it back. It's right what Rachel already mentioned. There's heaven and there's hell. Those are the options that you have. Those are the places that you're going. The path to heaven is narrow and it is through Jesus. And literally anything outside of that is the path to hell. And demons are like, you. as long as it's not Jesus, I don't care how you get mm -hmm. to hell. As long yeah. as you go there. I will distract you and I will pull you down and I don't care what it looks like. Praise Just the universe, don't get to Jesus. Praise. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The universe thing. Goodness. Yeah. So enjoy. <laughs> Toodles. Um, yeah. October is fun. Beware. Stay on guard. Jesus loves you. Make sure to use his name all the time. Play the blood of Jesus over your house. Yeah. For Halloween. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just thank God for it. If you're a believer, thank God for your angels that are that are there to protect you. Mm -hmm. You know, thank Jesus for His blood that was shed to cover us. That His the blood of Jesus is like um like a fire barrier to the demonic. It's like acid on them. Like they hate it. Mm. Um, anoint your house with oil. Represent Absolutely. God's presence being on your house. Yep. Bless your house. Read scripture or have scripture playing in the background. Have yep. worship music playing. Um, do these things to kind of set a healthy spiritual atmosphere. Mm -hmm. My husband keeps house. worship music on all night now, all the time. It's always on our house. Love it. Yeah. Because if, if the spirit realm is a wild west, you can take ownership of your space in that wild west and you can build yourself a home where God is welcome. So you can create and cultivate 
a heavenly atmosphere in your home. Yeah. If you're intentional about it and if you want to. And uninvite those demons by coming out of agreement with I break your witchcrafty stuff that you have in your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see if you, you've given them any legal access. See if they were able to... Yeah, and Holy Spirit will guide way. you through all of that. But I would just like to say thank you for listening to us and our <laughs> all-over-the-place conversation we've had today. Um, but I, honestly, the point of this whole podcast is to get you thinking. It's to get your gears turning. I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't mm-hmm. want you to, like, miss out on things because you just didn't know. Yeah. And and check the scriptures for yourself, you know? Like, don't take what we say as, you know, gospel, like, gospel, <laughs> you know? <laughs> what we say is like we're we have it perfectly but if this is ringing true to you if your spirit's going yeah this sounds right do some more research you know read your bible Mm -hmm. pray about it um we don't come to these conclusions lightly we're not haphazardly saying these things um we don't know everything but we have a good grasp of what we think is going on yeah based on um our experiences and and, and we've certainly had enough demonic t- attack to know that the road is narrow i'll just say that mm-hmm. and yeah. although we are kind of i personally wanted to kind of set this up in the podcast over time and kind of introduce these topic topics one at, at one at a time um we kind of threw you all in the deep end on some subjects here but it's a special it's no not, it's, a, it's, it's not a, a bad special. thing it's a special but this is definitely a special it's kind of like a rima um, but we wanted to do something special and intentional and go a little bit deeper and slightly darker because of Halloween. And there are so many Christians that celebrate Halloween. And I personally want everyone to just have their eyes open to what you're partnering and agreeing with with that. And so I was really excited that we're putting out special episodes for this time. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank so you both. Tina, do you have any last words? Nope. It's good. <laughs> it's just been good. It's been a good conversation. So. I appreciate all of you for listening to us and joining and partnering with us. And I would be encouraged to have you share this with someone who you think needs to hear it. All right. Thank you all. Have a great weekend. Deuces. Till next time. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. This has been an episode of Life for Your Soul, brought to you by The Sevenfold. For more info on who we are and what you've heard in today's episode, head over to thesevenfold.com. Today, we leave you with this blessing from 3 John. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Until next time, this is Life for Your Soul.